the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Tonight, gay penguins and their slutty friends. We'll try to wrap our heads around the fact that over 45% of our fellow Americans believe that cavemen rode dinosaurs on a 6,000-year-old earth. We'll investigate crotch-grabbing as a means to fight off evil. And get some advice for avoiding curses of Bulgarian witches. Plus a visit to Dreamtime, and from the digital mail sack, your letters. And now, quietly waiting for his one-way trip to Guantanamo, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, answering hopelessness with a defiant smile and a raised middle finger, Daniel Bolelli. Along with our internet guru, Evan Culver. Away we go. Hey, everybody, we're back. Episode four. Danielle, how are you today? Pretty good, thank you, man. How are you doing? I'm thankful for what I have. <laughs> you should, you guys should see his face right now. It's, I feel very lucky. Oh, my God. I'm looking at an overgrown child on Christmas, <laughs> but a few things to mention about the intro to episode four. You may notice that we have new intro music. This is going to be our theme for a while. And um, thank you so much from my friend Chris Stiles from Daisy House. They gave us this piece of music. They edited it in just so that we can use it for this. They made it, this song as a vocal part, but they give us an instrumental version to use for the intro. I really, really dig it. So here we have, we have the new one. Thank you guys so much. You're welcome. One, by now, the day that we're recording today, we are currently at almost 22,000 downloads on um, between iTunes, Stitcher, and various other means. That blows our mind. That's a lot more than we expected. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Among other things, we, are, um, we have been ranked for a few days in a row, number one in the world on iTunes in philosophy, which, granted, I mean... The other three people in the philosophy category are probably frustrated grad students broadcasting from their mom basement about the subtle connections between Aristotle and Hegel. <laughs> Which is not much further than we are. But, but I love to say it's like being the top in the in the polka charts. Yeah, well And it feels just as good. It's not a bad gig. And again, it's twenty two thousand downloads. That's on a episode lot. one alone. Yeah. So You guys rock. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And speaking of thank you, thank you so much to a few people who um, decided to uh, donate to the podcast. We have, uh, hell, what the hell, we'll mention you guys by name. Actually, we'll almost mention you by name because you have to go through my Italian pronunciation. So I'll probably butcher your name, but close enough. We can say where they're from. Uh, I don't know. I haven't written it down. But oh. um, Gary Hornberger, uh, Callum Foster, Josh Morabito, or Morabito, one of those, uh, Blair Jordan, Thank you guys so much for donating to the Drunken Taoist podcast. Woo-hoo. If you if you are in the mood to be so generous, there's a donate bat um, there's a button on the on our website. You can donate anything you want. I mean, some people really literally donated one dollar or something, but some people had more money. That's sweet. And then many of you guys will not donate, which is totally fine. You know, part of the point of the podcast is free information for all. You guys dig it. You listen to it. That's what makes us happy. You actually have a couple of dollars to throw our way. We love you even more for that. But really, it goes. It's cool either way. It's um, but we appreciate it. It's it's a lot easier to toss us a dollar than to watch some huge corporate bank take it as a a a, a fee from your bank card. Yeah, exactly. So we, we do it and we smile and yeah. appreciate it. So thanks everybody so much. Big big time. And among the um, other ways, by the way, in which you can support the podcast, there's uh, an Amazon link on our website at the Drunken Taoist. Um, anything you buy on Amazon doesn't have to be books. It can be anything you want. If you buy through our link, it helps us. There's um, another link from uh, Datsusara, the, um, this company. Very nice guy who is... Uh, essentially we are he's acting as an affiliate sponsor for us if uh, you guys are need bags whether they are computer bags or backpacks this guy is a really awesome line that i like because it's all uh, hemp made 
big big supporters here both reach heaven and die of industrial hemp so that's we dig it so if you need stuff like that the Datsusara link on our website would be a great way to go about it. Uh, last but not least, another way to support the podcast, we just partnered up with uh, uh, audiobooks. So if you guys, you know, there may be many reasons. Maybe you drive a lot and you want to read a book, except that you drive a freaking so much time. So you want to listen to a book rather than uh, rather than read it. Maybe books are, you know, kicking you out of your house because there's so damn many of them that you have no space left in your house and you decided that digital is easier and listening to books will save you space. I I just moved, so I'm familiar with the concept of carrying heavy boxes of books. I currently have a horrendously bad back from lifting nasty things. How many books were you capable of parting with, though? Don't almost none. T- yeah, I mean, three, it, I, I'm just I'm not gonna. Most. I'm pretty much not gonna buy anymore. But yeah, they you are. Lie to um, yourself about that too. I'm afraid. Yeah, I can't really let go of some. <laughs> or maybe it's not about space. Maybe it's not about the fact you drive a lot. Maybe you just took a trip to Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And when you were in Bulgaria, you decide to, you stumble upon a ritual in which the local villagers were about to sacrifice a virgin to the demon of the forest. Wow. Perhaps. And you rescue the poor virgin from the human sacrifice about to take place. And uh, an angry old witch came out of a mud hut and cursed you with this terrible curse that if you ever touch a book again, you're, you'll never have sex again. And so because of that, you would like to read a book, but you can't, can't. because of the Bulgarian witch who cursed you in such a I wouldn't a fashion. even touch matches. Here is what you can do. You can instead get audiobooks there and you go. can bypass the Bulgarian <laughs> witch curse. And every, by the way, any of you guys who live in Bulgaria, which I doubt there are any of you, but still, if you do, yeah. no offense meant. But, you know, these are uh, audiobooks. Way to go. I've been a big fan of paper. I've been a big fan of the actual physical books. But then because they take so much damn space, I'm going to, you know, so I'm not, no, I have not been in Bulgaria to save a virgin and being cursed by a witch. Really? And uh, I do drive some, but not a ton. So my main reason would be space. So I will try this out. Where would somebody go on the internet to find such an incredible deal like this? audible.com actually specifically is audible.com i believe is lush the drunken taoist well in any case i don't need to remember it it's on the website if you go on the drunken you'll see the link to the audible.com that's specific to our website so it's um long story short we get credit if you go through our website rather than if you go straight to them and we love you extra because of that reason so the link itself Again, go to the podcast website, thedrunkentowist.com, and there, right there, you'll see the link to audible.com slash thedrunkentowist. Just that easy. It's a free trial membership, so you can try it for, I believe it's 30 days, if I remember correctly. It's either 15 or 30 days. I believe it's 30. If you decide you don't want it, you can never pay them, and it's all good. And otherwise, you pay, I believe it's $15 a month for a book each month that you can get on audio, so that's the way to go in any case those are all ways to support us and we really appreciate it if you can no big deal if you can't couple of other things i want to mention one is um i believe this episode we're releasing it on november 15th i think so if that's the case uh on december 1st i'll be running a women's self-defense seminar at digiboxing in long beach it's pretty much free i think he's only charging five bucks not even because of the money because just to reserve a spot because otherwise people say they will come and they don't and all of that so you can check there will be a link in the episode notes about the website where you can find more information and reserve a spot but women's self-defense seminar five dollars so next to nothing if you show up at digiboxing in long beach um, look for the link in the episode notes if you're interested and if you're in the area we're ready to roll so episode four about to begin we i have a dream today and now we cross the ethereal plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time okay i have the dream segment for the month 
I'm actually cheating because this is not a dream that I had this month. This is just a particularly meaningful dream from the past. So this um, is sort of a, a hostage dream you've held on to. Yeah, this is a, a key one. I had it when I was 21 years old, something like that. So basically the other day. In any case, the, um, <laughs> this is the story of how my dreams change forever. Like for the longest time, I used to have the most scary terrifying nightmares in the universe from zombies vampires serial killers my high school teachers you know all the worst freak in the world were out to get me and they you know the, you know the classic nightmare where you're running you can't run fast enough you can't fight them you punch them and you have no power you do all this all this feeling of powerlessness and then you wake up screaming in sweat everywhere and you're freaked out and I would have these kind of nightmares all the time, or even worse ones. But bottom line is, going to bed sucked. I had a lot of nasty dreams throughout my life. One night, about 21 years old, after quite a bit of martial art training, started kicking in somehow. And but again, how the fuck are martial arts going to help you when you are when it's your subconscious that's screwing you up? You know that's not gonna do anything. Except it did. Here is what happened. So dreams start as usual, you know, random demons chasing me, about to get me, all of that. An average evening. <laughs> right, precisely. This one demon take me down, straddles me, get on top of me, is about to kill me. I'm about 10 seconds away from waking up screaming when all of a sudden I just headbutt the hell out of him, breaking his nose. From there I steal from him these knives that he was using to carve me with. I slice it straight across his eyes. And, and then I wake up, and I'm like, oh, that felt so damn good. Despite the goriness of it all and the eye slicing and all of that, it was the first time that I guess my feel is that probably enough martial art training, I got to this feeling where nothing that anybody can do you're totally defenseless against. I mean, you can still get your ass kicked, but at least you have a fighting chance, rather than this feeling of I can't do anything regardless of what's coming my way. And it was the most empowering thing in the world. And from there on, I started having it more regularly where, you know, the nightmare would start and I would be able to turn it over to the point where sometime I would not wake up but realize in the dream that I was dreaming, which was the best because at that point I could do horrible things to all the evil ones chasing me. <laughs> and uh, my dreams remained very gory after that, but it was usually they come after me and find out that it's not a good idea. And uh, you wake up and you're a bit disturbed by all the bloodshed and gore, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, better you than me, so <laughs> tough luck. And uh, But I really think in some weird ways, it's like martial arts kind of went into my subconscious, where it made me feel like there was never a situation where you can fight it, at least. And granted, you know, it's not like it's uh, it's a miracle. You know, it's not like, oh, I can, I'm Bruce Lee. Now I can fly through the air and do this and that. It's like, no, you still got your ass kicked. You still lose. Still horrible things can happen. But not as a victim. You know, you fight. You may end up there because you lose a fight, not because you can't fight. And that's a big difference right there. So that changed my dreams forever. And um, not a bad gig. Are you lucid in most of your dreams? Mm. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I wake up after the fact and the dream went well. And right. I'm just like, oh, wow, I can't believe it worked out that way. And other times I have the moments when in the dream I realize that I'm dreaming, but I don't wake up, which is also pretty fun. Oh, I wish I had Carlos Castaneda on at some point. Examine where all these but, bloody dreams are coming from. But then again, yeah, if I can do that and realize that I'm having this awesome dream, I might as well just, why am I just killing demons? Why am I not just making out with goddesses and stuff? That would be, like, if I'm controlling it, I would rather do that. So maybe I, I need to up it one and one more step on that. Try harder. Exactly. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's your, I have a dream for the month. <laughs> Thank you. Alrighty, kids. Put your helmets on. Okay, guys, rant of the day, episode four. 
First off, let's start with a quick story. We're actually going to have a double rant, but let's start with a quick story about gay penguins, just because they are gay penguins, and that, as such, they are cool already. But uh, And also, it's going to raise the blood pressure of some fundamentalists somewhere who stumble on this by mistake, and so Ooh, that's fine already. Here is how the story goes. Thanks to the Danish news, they tell us that in a zoo in Denmark, some you know the story is that penguins mate for life. That's how it is. So normally, female penguin, male penguin, pick a partner, mate for life, you know, all good and stuff. Is it's, that proven? That's true? Yeah, pretty much true. Except like a Puritan made up that fact. Well, true, but okay. it gets interesting now. So because they do, they pretty much do. Yeah, maybe. except that in this case, you have one male penguin picks another male penguin who's very into him. So we have a gay penguin couple starting and they are desperate to have a baby so they try to hatch on everything that exists there from dead whatever they find they sit on it trying to hatch it and of course it doesn't deliver a little penguin crab shell lava rock the whole deal right so poor sad poor sad gay penguins are desperate for a baby but biology doesn't work in their favor thank god there's craigslist thanks god there's this lucky penguin I, which I find the Zlatty Penguin sincerely a little bit of a judgmental, you know, poor female penguin who likes to have lots of sex. Unlike the traditional they made for light penguin, this one mates with two different males in the same season, which is highly unlikely for penguins. And so pops out eggs from these two ones. Leave for everybody. The, right. Leaves the first father there to hatch on his own and the father, so the only way, reason he survived because he has to sit there on the eggs is that the gay penguins bring him food and support him and help out trying to deal with it. But it gets better because the second one also, you know, there's a second lonely father with the female penguin decided to abandon with the eggs. And what the zookeepers decide to do then is say, hey, these two guys are really desperate for eggs. We have eggs that are uncared for. Let's give it to them. The two penguins hatch the eggs, baby pop out, baby penguin by the way not human baby but just in case you adapt and uh, they help him you know it works out we have a happy baby penguin and happy gay parents and I just thought it was freaking hilarious and it's worth, worth mentioning but in any case wow. under the file it's only humans who do these perverted things well go talk to the Danish gay penguins <laughs> yeah well I mean think about it as a uh Hey, an intelligence level, then you kind of almost put it on two sides of the spectrum. Where it's like, we're almost smart enough to say, hey, we're at the top of the food chain. We can do whatever we want. Penguins, not exactly so lucky, so they're just trying to reproduce at, at random. Right. You're like, hey, maybe our species will survive. Right? We don't know. We're not going to eat. We got polar bears around us, like to the left and to the right. What's going on? I don't know. Maybe there's something to be said there, but I'm not a penguin. You're not a penguin. Who knows? I, you know, I think in 10,000 years, though. These gay penguins are going <laughs> to have the sharpest looking, cleanest, you know. They seem like they should, be, they should have bow ties It's going to be pristine. And it's a whole, and they'll carefully select the, fem- the slutty females that will play ball with them. But, you um, know, it was Satan that convinced them to become gay. Otherwise, it would have never happened. But cool, in any right. case, aside for the gay penguins parenthesis, which was... each and every one of those gay penguins' funerals. Yeah, which That's is... all I have to say. <laughs> right. God hates gay penguins. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, as a side note, I badly want to do an episode <laughs> called Bolelli versus Westboro Baptist Church. I hope that we can make it happen. That would be a lot of fun. But that sounds completely possible. That's totally tangent, so let's get him back on track. First half of the rant of the day after the gay penguins is, uh, Rich, you had a topic you wanted to bring up. Please do tell. Well, I just found as we got closer and closer to the election, these crazy numbers started popping out here and there. 42% of my fellow Americans... Believe the Earth is nine thousand years old or newer. Between four four to six thousand years. Yeah, old. I was here sixty seven hundred. It's like even more. Yeah. Anything inside the range of not a, a few billion is just madness. Right, because the statistics vary. I read somewhere that like over fifty percent of Americans don't believe a tiny bit in evolution, and it's all about God created the Earth in seven days kind of thing, yeah. which is amazing when you think about it because these are the same people who trust science to open up their chest to do open heart surgery they are the same people who will climb in a metal box who takes them flying ten thousand feet in the air they trust science for that 
but not about evolution. Well, what is it? Uh, there's a, a real statistics where you just measure all of the uh, either associate professors at um, public institutions or accredited universities are either agnostic or mm -hmm. they're pretty much, they just don't believe in God, right? Right. And so that's like 90% of all those people. So yep. I don't know. I mean, there's just something you said about that where it's like an overwhelming majority, which is what you're saying, which is a scary majority, mm -hmm. something that you don't quite understand. Well, these are the crazy fuckers that were mm -hmm. popping up right before the election with the, you know, I'm, the, I'm on the science advisory board. I should have written this bastard's name down. But I'm on the science advisory board for the Congress, and I believe this evolution talk you speak of is straight from the pits of hell. Right. Come on. You said that? For real, in public? Scary. Science man? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was funny. It all goes, if you go way back to like 1925 when they had the Scopes trial over the fact that the teaching evolution was illegal in certain schools in certain states. Tennessee. And the Scopes trial was hilarious because, I mean, Scopes was obviously guilty of violating the law, but it was a stupid law. And part of what makes the trial hilarious was that the... Um, the defense attorney at the time called the prosecutor as an expert witness on the stand about the Bible, which was one of those ooh-ah moments in a trial because, you know, you never see a, the prosecutor being the witness at the same time. But he said, well, you know, if we're debating about the evidence about the Bible being scientific and that that should be the what we believe instead of um, Darwin and all right? of that, then, well, let's look at it. Let's see how... And he started asking him these questions that totally mess with the poor guy's mind. So he would ask him things like, well, you have... So I read here in the Bible in Genesis about Adam and Eve, and they have kids. And now I read about one of their kids going looking for a wife in another town. Well, where does she, come, she from? come from? You know, from? it's like it's it's either his sister, but why the hell is she somewhere else? Where exactly does she come from? And the dude starts sweating bullets on the stand because, of course, he doesn't know the answer. And he start like seeing things that don't make like he start going off like I don't think about things that I don't think about. You know, he's just melting <laughs> on the stand, right? I'm defining faith in a really ambiguous and obscure. Yeah, but I mean, I even feel bad for the guy because even has a heart attack shortly after the of the trial because it looks and and everybody starts thinking that oh you know this kind of primitive religious fundamentalism is on its way out is clearly superstition is a thoughts with the modern world is a thoughts with science is a thoughts with democracy so it's gonna quickly disappear and i mean if there's a prize for one of the most failed predictions of all times that would rank pretty high because clearly <laughs> that's not the case right Religious fundamentalism alive and strong today. And, um, and scary. Very scary. And I mean, part of it is because it doesn't matter how much scientific uh, evidence we have. This is not about science. This is about fear of death. This is about things that human beings don't have an answer to, want answers to. And religious fundamentalism kind of give them a warm blanket to hug Linus style, you know, and feel a little better about life. And it's funny because, I mean, if you look at, like, the people who believe in its all creationism versus its all based on scientific evidence, evolution, reality is probably 99% of these people, either way, haven't really looked at the evidence in any kind of detail because yeah. you would have to be a nerdy scientist to want to do that. <laughs> so the fact is that it boils down to some kind of emotional response mm -hmm. that you have Whoa. And the belief in the no, we don't believe this shit, it boils down to, you know, science is cool as long as it delivers what I want to hear. But it's absolutely to be dismissed if it messes with my prepackaged beliefs because it would trouble me. That's why we need to worry about these gay penguins. Right, precisely. I'm worried. But it goes almost to the dualism thing again. I mean, these people, once the, once the switch is flipped, right. there's no coming back. Yeah, and I mean, you see it, and this is, you know, the evolution thing is just one of them, because right? oh, these yeah. are the same people who have, you know, human beings have absolutely no impact on global warming. Oh, and, and they're uh, the same ones that are going after abortion again, like that has not already been decided for this country. My all-time favorite. This is the USA, y'all. This is how it rolls here. It's not going back. If you don't, if you're not pro-life, well, then you're pro-death. No, if you're not pro-choice. <laughs> yeah, I, pro I think, I think if, pro, if you own a cock, pro, you don't even really get to vote. You know, pro, uh, if I had some, some fallopian right. tubes <clears throat> and some eggs to worry about, 
like it's, your penguin again, I, that would change it yeah. drastically. My, my if men could get pregnant, you could get it done next to the liquor store. Speaking of the scientific stuff, my all-time favorite was, what was the, the motherfucker who just lost uh, his seat in the house? The guy who was like, in case of uh, legitimate rape, oh. the female body can shut it down yeah. and not allow for pregnancy to take place. It's like, I mean... Really? These are people who run for office. He went to college. Wait, 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 wait. Is is, is is he that stupid? I guess he's that stupid. Yeah. Is guy, he that stupid? This guy lost the election. He, I believe, he was in tight control of his. Seat he was winning. And he lost it badly. Full blown incumbent, incumbent as, a, as opposed to just a. Uh, no, no. This guy, he was in his seat and pretty comfortable there. I could be wrong, but this is the vibe I got from him. And he just comes blasting out with this sort of short shit, and people are like. Unbelievable. And, I mean, Here come, and he wasn't the only one. The, kid, the legitimate rape thing, insanity. Of course. What are you speaking of? There was one guy said, if a baby's been created by that rape, then that's... <laughs> I swear to you, I so wouldn't I love I'm sorry. It's God's blessing. It's God's, this rape was God's blessing because yeah, a little did. Cretan baby has like, impregnated some you poor never, child you never that was know. just coming Jesus home from school. Don't mind that she was 11, rape. people. Right. What the fuck? <laughs> No, really? but, no, but I mean, this kind of stuff is... Oh, that's why it's sorry. funny. But now, having, oh, said, does it, does it. having said that, um, as good... Uh, <laughs> in good Taoist thinking, let's look at it the other way around, too. Cause, I mean, granted... If I may, I want you to tell me how we fix them. Because this... The, one, well, the only one I can ever come up with is we have to be able to disagree... Without being disagreeable. Let me play well, devil's advocate. And they here. don't play fair. Let me play devil's advocate. Actually, not even play devil's advocate. He's just show another side of the debate, Please. which I actually believe in. Because the fact is, yes, it's easy to sit here and make fun of some weird morons who are so obviously at odd with any region, reason, logical thinking, science, everything. Easy, right? We can do that all night long. At the same time, having said that, which is scary to believe that people can disregard evidence um, to such a degree. Let's look at the other side for a second. And I don't mean the other side as their weird beliefs. I mean as sometimes science itself is not the answer to everything. There's a degree of scientific arrogance sometimes where basically anything that cannot be replicated in a lab under control condition is not real. And there's this element... I mean, I don't know, in my life, and I'm sure probably you guys have had the same experience, there's, I've seen enough weird stuff and experienced enough weird stuff that cannot be explained according to current scientific knowledge. That's the best part. As, right. Those are the best parts. Is to let I'm me, you. you know, know that the universe there's is more way to it. weirder. You're, you're not going to get right. it. And it? You have no hope of getting it, but just enjoy the ride and watch everybody calm the fuck down and be nice to each other. Yeah. yeah. Just like understanding what you're taught in school mm -hmm. oh. is not real. Like I remember having a conversation with my dad when I was younger and, and, and realizing I was like, whoa, holy crap. Uh, they didn't teach you like your periodic table wasn't the same size as mine. Come on, really? Right. Like, I thought this was truth. Texas yeah. reduced it down to eight <laughs> to save ink. That's right. Yeah. From the Halliburton printing press. <laughs> and there's this guy by the name of Paul K. Feyerabend. He wrote a book called Against Method, which was um, basically arguing against the scientific method, which seems like provocation, right? Because, I mean, the scientific method is essentially what rescues us from stupid, superstitious fundamentalism from the, you know, the dark ages, from all of that. So why in the world would you be against method? It doesn't make sense. At the same time, he does make a good point because he's not coming from some nutcase fundamentalist viewpoint. He's saying, look, science can sometimes become its own dogma. As not as much, but close to what insane religious fundamentalism does, which is you have this set of rules, and unless things can be replicated and under lab conditions, in particular situation, according to the scientific method, then they are dismissed. So there's a general dismissing of anything that has to do with spirituality, anything that has to do with things that uh, are... Not. And I mean, the point is, it's true that science is constantly evolving. And I mean, if you read even medical manuals from not even 100 years ago, less than that you would have medical manuals that state that masturbation will lead to insanity 
and that you will become blind and go crazy and eventually die. You know what I mean? And that's. I feel certain I got into the vibrator business in 1910 <laughs> when it was the big craze. <laughs> right. Because if someone explained to me what was going on, I quickly would have had a story. It was risky, front. but you, you made the right move. And I mean, some oh. of these is part of the <laughs> science, and clearly. So the Money. point is. Science, as, as good as it is, and I do think is a certainly is a much better alternative compared to just batshit crazy religious fundamentalism. It's still, it is a tool. It's, it's the best not, we have. Yeah, it's the best we have. At the same time, it should be taken with a certain level of humility. Uh, you yeah. kind of need to be humble about it because the reality is that there's whatever we can know scientifically is a fraction of what there is to know out there. So that's the other side of the story. While it is true that stupid superstition approach to life is sad and it's misguided and it's easy to make fun of, and I completely agree, it's also true that science is a work in progress and there's more that we do, do not know than we do know. Yep. So in that sense, is you know, it's a good idea to keep an open mind about this thing. Perfect example, uh, LHC, Large Hadron Collider. Uh, there's a reason why uh, they have multiple teams researching the same thing, right? When they announced the Higgs boson, there's two separate reports and accounts of it. It was quite, it was obvious that they were going to arrive at it eventually because they're using the same tools, which is the collider. Cool. Whatever. But they had different data. It wasn't the same. It weren't mm -hmm. the same numbers. They were working independently, scientifically. Right. In order to have, you know, no sort of skewing of evidence, whatever. But it's scientific. It's the best we can do. Fine. We all understood that the Higgs boson existed, hopefully, but this is us proving it. Cool. Let's carry on. Let's do more science. Whatever. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's just a process. I mean, Absolutely. But I do agree that there's always going to be a skew where it's like, I know it's out there, but what do we do? Yeah, I mean, it boils down to whenever people make anything a dogma, whether it is crazy extremes or what. Absolutely. It's the bell curve every time. Absolutely. Because so it's, it's amazing how you put it so perfectly. You have your crazy fundamentalists on, on the left. Well, you, and not so crazy. The folks in the middle like to go to church. Sure. Great. Mm -hmm. Believe away. Sure. Have a wonderful time. I'm glad it makes you feel better been down on that dark edge on the last two percent you know yeah. and you're right the exact same exists on the scientific side mm -hmm. as well right so that's why i know we should I'm have them date uh, i'm amazed anytime people of any persuasion political or religious or scientific anything is they feel so certain in their own conclusions yeah as they have all the answers about life right either because god whispered it in their ears or because it's in the science book or because it's whatever and there's any time you're that certain about how the universe works, I would worry. Yeah. And granted, I mean, some people will have more reasons to be certain because there actually is some evidence backing them up, whereas somebody else is going off Noah's Ark or some shit that makes no sense. But the point is still is let's keep it open. You know, let's not be so damn dogmatic about it. Be super careful of the guy who thinks he's got it figured out because you can be absolutely sure he doesn't. Yeah. At what point... This is completely flipping the switch. If you're that guy, at what point do you know that you're that crazy? You, you ultimately have know. to be faced with somebody going, you're a crazy person, you're a crazy whatever. And, and then sometimes it's just, you know, you have to hear it enough to just kind of wake up maybe. But, but people are, let's face it, people are crazy. How do you learn, I guess? How, do, how does this work out? How, does, how, does th how do things get better when they're that bad? <laughs> and for that, here again, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Put it down there. Beautiful. There you go. Sorry, I need it's a beer deceptive. based on that because it's just like it's too deep. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I just like to think of myself from somebody else's perspective when you realize, like, because okay, just like when we were under, when we were talking about that senator that obviously has this crazy viewpoint to which we're we're interpreting as. Wow, how would you create political suicide? How would you have thrown like you like throwing <laughs> the election? Great at it. Right. right. It seems it seems so crazy that for me, I wanted to just sit down and go, wow, like that's stupid, whatever. But but it's so crazy that I'm I've learned enough throughout throughout these short years I've been on this planet to say like that's so crazy, I gotta raise my hand and say, wait, there's something else going on here, right? There, there's something I don't understand. I just haven't got all the information I need. Right. And in that same case, it, it's it's this guy that's so crazy. At what point does he gain enough information, or or is he just completely unopened, or is he? 
I, I think that I think like when you get to that level, I don't think they have a way back. I mean, you're is, so is that what's the thing is, is like a brain so, poisoning. I mean, I, I think it... you're so afraid of a lot of things. Probably my biggest guess is fear of death, which makes you want to embrace any kind of certainty, which clearly you don't have about that. So you want to have some certainty because you are too scared to want to find out. Isn't that nuts to be afraid of the th- one thing you can really be certain of? Exactly. So I mean, that's it's like, so it's backwards. The biggest country, it's a but that's irony. the thing is like when you give in to fear as and i understand why i mean it's it's fucking scary so there is is. i've heard many a person on their deathbed say i'm scared no but i mean with that uh i get it at the same time it's what ensures that you will be it's hard to look at anything for what it is when you are blinded by fear you know you can only see a reality for what it is when you are not so damn afraid because otherwise you're constantly trying to look for something that you can hang from its skirt and try to hide under it because you're just you're not looking for what reality is you're looking for a way not to be so damn afraid and again i'm not judging it i sympathize when you're terrorized I get it that you need something to calm you down. And if it makes me feel better, it's fine. It's except, only when it spills out on the edges. Except when you become a legislator and you start telling me that, you know, rape uh, will not lead to pregnancy. Rape, because, yeah, exactly, because you're just a nutcase. That you is. Know? Right. All right, thank you. But on that note, let me go on a second rant, just purely right. for the hell of it. Oh. This is the um, personal random one. This is something that I notice over time quite a bit. I noticed it with my dad even before then with me, and now I've been seeing it with my case quite a bit. People would come up and tell me, how, oh, you're so lucky, man. It's like, I wish I could be in your shoes. So is your father still with us? or? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I've seen it with him, and I mean, he, uh, there was a lot of times when I would see these guys, and he would feel bad for them, like, oh my God, you know, they feel that I am so lucky, they want to have my life, uh, maybe I need to help them, I need to do this and that. And then he would find out that these are the same people who make four times as much money as he makes in a year, that they have this awesome job, living in these great houses, and they're like, wait time out let's try this again you're telling me i'm so lucky and in my case i've seen it where literally i'm not making this up not even just now or before but literally within weeks of the time when i was holding my wife as she died in my arms as i lost my house as i the job that i've been working at trying to get for 10 years i don't get and my future career goes to shit and i have no idea where i'm going when all of these things are happening and people come up to me and tell me, you're so lucky. And I'm like, I'm sorry, motherfucker. Say that again? It's like, what? It's, I am so lucky. And I mean, in a sense, it's true. Compared to somebody from, you know, Sudan or some shit where, you know, you're born where well, you don't know whether the next month half of your village will be slaughtered by the next tribe or you're born in, you know, with HIV because, you know, yeah, I am lucky compared to that. But, but these are not the people who are telling me that. If somebody like that told me that, I could accept it, you know. The people who are telling me this kind of stuff are the people who make a ton of money, live in these awesome homes, uh, have some material benefits that I can't even dream of, and I'm there like fucking struggling to pay bills, but I'm so lucky. And again, I'm there raising a tiny baby on my own, but I'm so lucky. And I'm like, wait, explain a little bit, you know? Well, it's because you do what you want and you seem happy and all of that. I'm like, okay, time out. About that, luck has nothing fucking to do with that. This is not luck. This is a choice. And I pay dearly for that choice because it does mean that some of the choices I make about how I spend my time, how I make my money means that I make not that much money. It means that I may have time, but that comes at the price of other things. And it's not like it's a choice that you can make. It's not like, oh, it fell in my lap. I'm so lucky. It just fell in my lap. It's like, if you want, you can do that stuff. It's not that impossible to do. The point is, you don't want to pay that price. So don't fucking tell me I'm lucky because this is about making choices. You know, you privilege certain things over others. I'm not judging it. You know, I'm not saying you're, you shouldn't make those choices. You should make mine. Make yours. But don't come tell me that I am lucky about that because you don't have the guts to make certain choices that you secretly want to make about, you know, for example, I don't work that much for money. 
you know, the money I make, I don't spend that much time making it. I work like 32 weeks a year. Out of those 32 weeks, I work probably three to four days a, a week. Not that much, really. I mean, in that level, I don't do shit. It's very Italian of me, right? It's like, <laughs> I say, well, I spend a ton of time working on stuff that sometimes lead me to no money whatsoever. So it's not like I have all this free time per se, but it's, it's a diff- these are all choices, right? I do it because it's fun. I do it because... And so in that kind of sense, the whole idea I'm so lucky is funny because it really boils down to, come on, man, if that's the life you want, make it for yourself. It's not that hard, you know, because it does come with heavy prices that if you if that's what you want, go for it. And I'm all supportive of that. But that's where it's funny to me. It's like the talk about luck in that scenario is bizarre, to say the least. I couldn't agree with you more. Um First of all, I should follow up. Being at work is different from working, so mm-hmm. don't don't right. give yourself a little credit, Daniel. <laughs> right? You do work, so it's cool. We all appreciate it. But um, it, it's also to say that um, I guess the world isn't you know as understandable. I mean, there's just there's certain people that just lose touch with it all, mm-hmm. and. I guess that's what we're talking about here. And it's easy to do when you have it all. And it's it's kind of what I call, I don't know, I've heard they call it things, but I've always called it the paradise paradox or whatever, where you always you have it and you want more, no matter what. Right. And then when you see people that are, they don't have what you have or something, then they, they want to boost you up or, or, or they want to try to make you feel better about something. And it's, it's silly and it doesn't make sense. And I mean, other than be me whining about it the point is um think about what you say people yeah that that's, that's it. a good start Thanks, rich that's a good start. <laughs> i like to crystallize it that's good and also in that sense is <laughs> is about living the life you want you know what i mean because every choice you're gonna make will come at some prices you know nothing is it would be easy if you know you can get the best life possible where everything is easy and wonderful and you do what you want and you make tons of money and you have free time and you blah 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 blah. yeah i want to be king of hawaii too it's not happening and it sucks i wish they would make me king of hawaii i was not- actually going to change my name to kamehameha next week we should talk hawaii. about this yeah I was, right. I was just going for viceroy Emperor that'd be good something. you know the reality is at the end of the day you got to make choices and you will get something out of those choices and you will pay in some way and the point is you got to make those choices that the price that come with it, you're willing to pay it, and you're not going to bitch down the road about how somebody else is so lucky or I wish I had done this. Don't wish. Just do it. You get what you deserve from the effort you put into it, and that's pretty much... I mean, and in fact, in a sense, that's what I'm saying, right, is that totally. there's a level of personal responsibility and what you put into it is what you get, all of that. And then there's an element that we or we start to do is where there is such a thing as luck. You know, and exactly. you do have... And that's uh, what I meant by that. Absolutely. I mean, this, and this town is the perfect example of yeah. it. There's a ton of people that the fact that they crawled themselves out here have already done 97% more than anybody else that's going to talk big about, oh, I'm going to do this one day. Sure. And I mean, and the reality and this is that... there's no guarantee. Precisely about well, Tiny this odds. Right. The um, awesome musicians, great artists, Gorgeous. great writers, great whatever, yeah. in many different fields... And the fact that you don't have success doesn't mean that you are, you may be freaking yeah, amazing, yeah. even better than most people who make it, quote unquote. Yep. And sometimes it's just the way the dice roll. Or, and those guys and, are lucky. Well, yeah. Or uh, I talked to, I mean, I'm from Kansas and uh, I have a lot of friends. That guys, sorry, we should kick him out. You're from Kansas? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, Get out. I'm sorry. Well, I hate to tell you, I spent a year in Kansas myself, so. No, um, so... Get out, too. I'll talk with my microphone by myself. <laughs> There's corn there and wheat. No, I talked to my friends, and if, if it weren't for just a little exposure in their life or just or just getting out of there and trying things out, like a little extended vacation, at the very least, it's it would make a huge difference. And for, for what I can determine, this is the best I have, is that I was lucky enough to get pulled out of there for a job, whatever, cool. Um, but I have other friends that were... We went to high school together. We lived together. We grew up together. We both got out of there, and the getting out of there was the only thing to break that sort of thing. Right. And uh, everybody else, you know, experienced all these sort of system- systemic things, and uh, and now here we are. And I don't know. I mean, it's something you said about just going and freshening your mind every once in a while. That's all that matters. You can make your own luck, no. but that doesn't make you lucky. 
No, absolutely. And the fact is, the reason why some people say that is not because of what material you have, because don't have shit, really. No. Is because you're comfortable in your own skin. Well, that's not luck. That part is not luck. The other stuff, maybe, you know, what you do get or not, the house you end up living, the job you end up getting, some of that stuff, there's some of it, it's effort, of course, and some of it is luck. It's both. Yes. But whether you are happy with where you're at, whether you're comfortable being who you are, whether all of that, that has nothing to do with luck. That is just you deciding that the mix of weird crap that comes your way and good things that come your, come your way, you decide to make it work for you. That's entirely different from luck. Or even worse, make it not work for you and be a miserable bitch yeah. about it all. Absolutely. Yeah. I do love to try to remind my children, you know, especially doing all these sad documentaries about bad situations. It's unbelievable how lucky any one of us in this country is. We just did a movie about Darfur. I had to, right. I had to watch this shit from a comfortable LH chair with air conditioning and watch these motherfuckers. Mud brick huts. If the World Food Group gets to you next month like they promised, we might not lose all the babies. Right, right, right. I'm the chief because I'm the oldest one and I'm 30. Yep. No, and exactly. I look like I'm 70. Yeah. That's bad luck. Yeah, exactly. Are you telling your kids, like, you have, why aren't you eating your food? You could be in Ethiopia starving. You and could be, yes, it's exactly true. This is not Libya. Well, parenting advice from Rich. Thank you for that. Hey, but it, it only ruined two of the three. So <laughs> in baseball, that's good odds. Not bad, right. And, uh, well, on that note, I'm done bitching. <laughs> and I won't complain anymore about anything in the universe ever again. And um, we'll, um, we'll wrap up our rants and move on to the other parts. So now it's time to dig deep into the digital mailbag. Yeah. Did you do the three letters? Four letters? A, Actually, a, a few, but we're going to go with two. I dig these two uh, for this, uh, a for double this month. Yes. One is weird because I actually got the same question by three different people, and it's not a normal question, so I'm weirded out, so that deserves to Not the will you be in West Hollywood question. Not that one. <laughs> okay. Um, this is actually three different people who write me that they are pissed off, and that's so far so good, nothing weird. Yeah. All like Christians. They all have issues with Christianity on one way or another. And I can relate. I understand. So it's all good. A couple of them, I think, were brought up in some crazy fundamentalist families, and so they're rightfully pissed. Another one, I couldn't quite understand what the deal was. But bottom line, people were pissed. And they, are, they realize it's not the healthiest emotion in the world to go around being pissed in general and or at Christians in specific. So the issue is... What to do, what to do. So my, my standard answer was, I think what this was the Twitter version of my answer was, if you regularly are busy having great orgasms, you'll be less inclined to give your energy to anger. So that's the, um, the Twitter version of it all. And it goes back to, I remember this thing, uh, growing up in Italy was funny. There was, um, I don't know, I don't think people do it out here. Most kids, Anytime they would see a priest or a nun go by, here they run. They would <laughs> they would immediately just grab their balls, put a hand on their crotch, what? and just go like this. <laughs> and yeah, it's like uh, to me it was normal. I grew up that way, so I didn't think it was anything strange. Now here I realize it's a strange thing, but yeah, you see, it's considered bad luck to see a priest or a nun, and the way you counter it is by grabbing your crotch. And uh, so you grab your own balls to ward off evil. And, uh, <laughs> and I guess because the priest and the nuns are supposed to be symbolic of, you know, their shadow is what bringing guilt, shame, and all the other chains that bind you. And quite literally grabbing a hold of your sexuality is the best antidote against the brain of the priests. Because, I mean, when you think about it, good sex makes you fearless. You know, good sex is what makes you self-confidence, which is the opposite of being a sinner in need of redemption, you know. Good sex makes you less likely to want to buy their prepackaged salvation, you know. And um, so to me, I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand being pissed. I understand Christianity has done a lot of stuff. But come on, man, you can, you can use your time better than that. And that will automatically reduce your level of anger dramatically. 
Now, more in general, let's say that doesn't work. You're still pissed. No and by the way, the orgasms, I don't mean them just with a partner. By all means, practice on your own if nobody's wheeling around you. And uh, <laughs> I'm all supportive of that as well. But If you can't be with the one you love, uh, love the one you're with. Yeah, no, but I mean, <laughs> to me, that's a form of meditation. You know, that's like, it's not a, just a second best kind of thing. It's like, it's its own thing. But I still haven't recovered from the Italian ball grab. So I'm still trying to calculate yeah, that. I'm just going to sit here in the corner. Yeah, I mean, actually, it trips me out. To Where think does that, that come from? We got to know now. I don't know. It in means the fifth century, <laughs> it's so normal growing up in Italy that I, I now talking with you guys, I realize oh maybe it's not that normal to grab your balls every time you see a priest. Well, but... As a, pr a protective stance, <laughs> right. you'd block your asshole or something. No, you know? no, no. This oh, is a... Father Boner. <laughs> this is a defeat bad luck. You know, it's bad luck is coming and you defeat it in that fashion. It's <laughs> a good way to defeat bad luck. In any case, so let's say that maybe not a Christian, maybe other issues, but bottom line, you're still peace, you're angry, you have all this negative shit around you, you want to get rid of. And uh, my cure, or rather, not my cure, but my, how you buy yourself some time at least while you figure out how to deal with it so you don't lash out to the people around you, you don't start spreading negative vibes everywhere or punch holes into walls next to loved ones and stuff like that. <laughs> my policy is go and sweat like a pig. Go run five miles. Then tell me how angry you are. You're still angry, run five more. And keep going until you have no one ounce of energy left that you want to put into being angry because you're so damn busy just breathing that that's good enough. Now, eventually, hopefully, that buys you the time to figure out why you're so damn angry and get over it. If it doesn't, hey, at least you'll be in killer shape. So that's not so bad. And Because, I mean, the point is nobody's ever mad or depressed during a marathon. You know what I mean? You're too busy running. So it's just shut up and keep going. And to me, it's sometimes indulging all the negative crap is... Um, it's a luxury. It's because you have the time to do it. It's because you are, you know, you're not, your nose is not barely above the water where you have to fight with every ounce of your energy just to stay above. You're, you have time to sit around and ooh, contemplate the evils of the universe. I am so mad. It's like, you don't have time to do that if there's real stuff to take care of right here, right now, immediately. And, uh, and in any case, and maybe you do, but go for a run anyway. It's good for you. Uh, that was yeah. number one. So <laughs> that's uh, Ask Bolelli 1. Now, Ask Bolelli 2 on a completely different... Well, not completely, I guess, because it's still sex involved. But it's no, there's no anger, there's no weird vibes, there's no ball-touching priest, none of that. No flashlights? No. This is a random question asked by a lovely woman regarding... Ah. Go on some random theory about how the hell did people decide one day in prehistory to start kissing? You know, why kissing? Why not rubbing elbows? Why not just be satisfied with good old-fashioned sex? Why? What? What's the urge that pushed two people to lock lips, stick tongues inside each other's mouth? I mean, it's weird when you think about it. It's like, that's strange. So, fueled by enough alcohol, as the drunken Taoist should be, <coughs> I decided, ah, why not? That's a good question, so let's play with it. And my thing is, the more I started thinking about it and the more I realized, kissing is a whole different ballgame than sex. Sex is, I mean, anybody has a sex drive. It's just, it goes with your bodies. You want to have sex, you want, that's fine. Kissing, there's something else. To me, it's something kind of sweeter in a way because it's about you You almost can't get enough of that person. You want to be so close. You want to kind of melt into that person. And I don't know, to me, kissing is like, you want to drink somebody's smile. You know what I mean? You see that smile is so beautiful. It's so amazing. Everything about that person. And by the way, I feel really weird saying all this as I'm staring straight into Rick's face. Just, but I'm getting a little excited. So <laughs> Lock eyes, I look away as I, too late. <laughs> as I say it. But I mean, seriously, that's... Uh... There's a lot of pheromones coming out at the same time. <laughs> someone get the lights? Yeah. And uh, so that's my theory on kissing. To me, it's, it's different from just good old-fashioned sex is, is something else. It can go with it, but it's also more intimate in a way. Sex can be super intimate, cannot be. Uh, there's no requirement that say you have to. Kissing uh, kind of goes with the territory that it is but about intimacy. It's a great test run, too, without the uh, without the consequences. Right, 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 right. On an epic scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I have to ponder both of these now. Please. Ball grabbing again, or actually, I'm saying it in the masculine, but I'm sure it works for women too. Just crotch grabbing as uh, so it's boys and girls, yeah, as a protection against evil. And uh, I'm gonna have a report on this, and uh, must know more drinking somebody's smile through kissing. That's ask Bolali for the month. There you go, folks. Fearless answers to your fearless questions. So be sure to drop us a line, D Bolelli, D B O L E L. L-I. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Tweet away, everybody. Okay. Storytelling moment of the day. Um... I'm actually going to steal this story. I wrote about it in the 50 Things You're Not Supposed to Know Religion book. Um, I called it The Trial of the Zombie Pope because it's just, well, because it's a trial of a zombie pope. So let me explain. Our time frame is about 900 common era, so a good 1,100 years ago. Um, our, the hero of our story is on trial for very serious charges, not breaking any sweat. Part of the reason why is because he's already dead. So what the hell is a dead body doing on trial? Well, we have to understand what was going on around the year 900 common era for among people who were popes, had been popes, or trying to be popes. The papacy was like this big mafia game. It's like a soprano meet the godfather meet the church game where different powerful family in Italy were fighting each other, trying to get one of their guys to be the next pope because it carried so much power, politically, religiously, in every which way. Most of these guys didn't really give a crap about religion. Some occasionally did. Most did not. It was about power, right? So these competing families, they hate each other. You know, they are often rivals. And when they get one of their guys to be the pope, now they have power for the next generation. And in this case, I guess, these rivalries were so heated that they wouldn't really end with death. So in this case, one guy, Stefan number, I forget, something, uh, Stefan whatever, some pope will become, um, this guy will become pope at this time, decide that he's not quite done in the rivalry with the previous family of the guy who was pope before, a guy by the name of Formosus. I don't know where the hell do they get these names, but in any case... <laughs> So he has the body dug up, put on trial. By the way, how exactly do you defend yourself if you're dead against charges? Well, a deacon was playing ventriloquist and speaking for the deceased pope. Nice. And um, they found, I guess he doesn't do such a good job, so they find him guilty. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, but, okay, now you find him guilty. How do you punish that some guy who's dead? I mean, you... I hate to say overkill in this case because it seemed a bit uh, redundant, but how do you punish the dude? What was the embalming techniques 900 years ago? I don't want to know, so I don't want to know what state he was in when he was on there. Head would roll off on occasion, just stick it back up in a pile. They decide to chop off the three fingers that he used to give blessings with, so they cut those. Right, exactly. So he won't do it again. And uh, strip him of the papal clothes and they just throw his body into the river. Except the legend has it that the people start saying that the body came out of the river and started performing miracles everywhere. And perhaps inspired by this, then the population in Rome started an uprising as the current Pope Stefan strangled and killed, like all good mafia movies are supposed to work that way. So new pope i guess was in good with the family of formoso so they have they get the body back they find him in the river they rebury him with honors uh the next few popes one of them decide that it's probably a good idea to pass a law stating that you are not supposed to put corpses on trial that that just rude and you shouldn't do it despite that Another pope down the road, I'm not even bothering with the names because it's whatever, you know, but uh, another one down the road decided that actually the original trial was perfectly valid. And not only that, but according to one source, he digs up the body a second time, put him on trial a second time, and just to make sure this bastard doesn't rise up and start doing miracles again, chop his head off, because like old zombie hunters should know, the only way to kill a zombie is to chop their head off. I mean... 
are you kidding me? It's like, this is a Tarantino movie. This is the history of the church. It's awesome. I mean, it's just so cool that I'm like, I wish I could make up stuff like this because this is it's too good to be true. Well, that's the best thing about real life. If you made it up, no one would believe you. Right. Right, right. It's like, come on, you're going so far up the deep end. They redig the body again. They chop off his. Come on, what kind of bullshit is this? Well, that's called the Catholic Church. Well, at least they had time. Right? I'm sure all the hungry people had been fed and all the sick had been cared for. Of course, like, that's what. See, they had time on their right. hands. Right. That's back when shit was on, you know, tight straight. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's your inspiring storytelling moment of the month. Uh, stuff to tell your kids when you put them to bed to soothe their dreams. I think I like last month's love story a little better than this one. Okay, I'll, I'll give you guys something. For the next time, I'll come up with something less brutally gory and uh, more pleasant and sweet. There you have it, folks. Now, 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 sleep sleep soundly now, knowing that Pope Pius the 57th <laughs> will be rising from his grave to perform miracles on evildoers? Oh, no. I can't keep track. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon.